Hello and welcome to 7-Minute Explainers. I'm Lauren Hansen, an editor at The Week, and today I'd like to talk about our irrational fear of flying. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. This is the captain speaking. Flying is easily one of the safest ways to travel. Statistics show that the chance of a passenger dying on any given flight with one of the world's major airlines is just 1 in 4.7 million. Those are excellent odds. You have a better chance of dying from being left-handed and using a right-handed product. In fact, it's more likely that you'll be crushed by a meteor or killed in a lightning strike than die in an airplane crash. We're reporting this afternoon on the worst commercial air disaster. It wasn't always this way. In the 1970s, an average of 68 commercial planes crashed each year, with more than 1,600 deaths. But thanks to vast improvements in cockpit protocols, computerized navigation equipment, and the aircrafts themselves, those figures have been almost halved. In fact, 2016 was the second safest year on record. There were 19 fatal airplane crashes, which resulted in 325 deaths. And if you take into account the massive number of yearly total passengers, that's just one death per 10 million travelers. Often, the most dangerous part of your airline flight is the trip to the airport. Of course, it doesn't always feel that way. Our public perception of flying changes depending on notable crashes. Breaking news tonight, a Malaysia Airlines flight with 239 people on board, including four Americans, has gone missing. At this hour, In 2014, a few airline disasters, including Malaysia's missing plane, caused a flurry of intense media coverage and even spin-off conspiracy theories. What if it was hijacking or terrorism or mechanical failure or pilot error? But what if it was something fully that we don't really understand? A lot of people have been asking about that, about black holes and on and on. Lo and behold, the following year, a poll found that most Americans were concerned about flying. The same was true after the 1996 TWA Flight 800 crashed off of Long Island and, of course, after 9-11. But flying is safer than ever, and that's largely thanks to what we've learned from past crashes. By examining a downed plane's wreckage and black box records, investigators can usually establish exactly what went wrong and recommend changes to stop the same problem from reoccurring. The introduction of GPS, aircraft avoidance systems, and ground proximity alarms in the 1970s and 80s has essentially engineered the common causes of accidents right out of aircrafts. When crashes do happen, it's often human error that's to blame. Mistakes by pilots or the ground crew are the principal cause of 80% of crashes. After that, it's weather conditions, which are a contributing factor in about half of all accidents, and mechanical issues, which play a primary role in about one-fifth of accidents. Ultimately, though, the global crash rate is only as high as it is because much of the world is far behind the West in terms of safety. In developing countries, planes are generally older, flight safety regulations are looser, and pilots are less experienced. Both the European Union and the U.S. have banned the airlines with the worst safety records, most of which are in Africa, the ex-Soviet bloc, and Southeast Asia. In Indonesia, the death rate from crashes is 25 times that in the U.S. 
U.S. airlines have excellent safety track records. But there is still a big disparity in safety between major carriers and smaller budget airlines. From 2003 to 2009, commuter airlines in the U.S. had 10 times the serious accident rate as their larger rivals. The most recent high fatality crash was back in 2009, when a Colgan Air commuter flight went down near Buffalo, killing 50 people. Pilot error was the principal cause in that crash. You see, major carriers can afford to hire the best and most experienced staff. A pilot's starting salary at Delta, for example, is more than 60000 compared to as little as 15000 on regional airlines. Now, for 99% of the time, the chasm in experience levels doesn't matter. But when something unexpected happens, experience can be the difference between life and death. The Miracle on the Hudson is a perfect example of this. Listen, it was 208 seconds from the time the birds hit the plane to the time that you were, said the words brace for impact and you were down on the water saving 100. In 2009, after a flock of birds hit the airplane soon after takeoff, Captain Chesley Sullenberger, known as Sully, was able to calmly ditch the damaged commercial jet on the Hudson River in New York City. Though Sully had never trained for a water landing after a double engine failure, his 20,000 hours of flying experience helped him save the lives of the 155 passengers on board. But I was confident at the outset that I could find a way to solve the problem. Luckily for all of us, it's very likely that flying will only get safer. Some experts believe that fully automated flights are the answer because they'd eliminate human error. But even if pilots remain at the controls, equipment will continue to improve, the margin for mistakes will decrease, and as poor countries grow richer, they'll spend more money on safety measures for their commercial airlines. Ultimately though, flying a 975,000 pound metal tube six miles off the ground at 570 miles per hour will always carry some risk. Crashes will occasionally happen, and the grisly images and coverage of the aftermath will continue to evoke an irrational fear of flying in all of us. It may be impossible to get to absolute zero when it comes to airline crashes, but know that experts in the field are trying their hardest to come close. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Explainers. Look out for new episodes every Thursday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lauren Hansen, and thank you so much for listening. 